Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, May 29th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski, joined by my other host, German Karczewski. How's it going, everyone? And we welcome you to the show today. We do not have a guest today. It's just me and Truman taking it back to the original first couple of episodes. Uh, we could have had a guest today, but we do have a little bit of a time crunch based on how our schedules play out today. So we thought it would be easier just to do me and Truman. So you're getting a little bit of a throwback episode today, but everybody loves throwbacks. So we're just going to roll with this. We're going to get into it. Uh, biggest story right now going on in sports, the NBA Finals basketball uh, it's where we are going to start today. Uh, we'll start with the first game, uh, Celtics versus Cavs. Uh, that was Sunday night. I watched that game. Everybody was watching that game. Everybody watches Game 7s. It was clear that the Celtics are just too young of a team right now to really make a run at this thing. And LeBron is just too good of a player to lose to a team like the Celtics without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Uh, the Celtics have kind of been overachieving this playoffs. Uh, Brad Stevens has covered up a lot of their holes, but LeBron exploited it this series and proved again that he is the best basketball player in the world, no doubt. Yeah, it just seemed like towards the end there, the Celtics couldn't buy a shot. Um, they weren't making anything, and it just seems like you give LeBron, it's like almost automatic. You give LeBron set a pick for him. Let him give a little bit of an inch room um, from three. He can just drain it. Um, it seems like that's what the Cavs are. That's one of their game plans. And then, of course, when he drives in, he's just automatic there. So it's really unstoppable. Um, and, you know, obviously they're going to see a much better team, much more talented team here in the Warriors. But um, the Celtics, just they're too young. But they'll, they're, they're going to be a um, powerhouse here in the next few years. Yeah, you saw the Cavs, when they have their role players playing just giving LeBron at least a little bit of competent basketball. This team is dangerous. I I'm not the Warriors are favored heavily versus the Cavs, but I'm not gonna make the same mistake again by ruling a LeBron-led team out. Uh, with Kevin Love coming back, that's going to really help out. Jeff Green stepped up huge for them in Game Seven without Kevin Love. He had 19 points. Uh, LeBron is going to have to take a rest, though. He can't play the whole game again like he did. You saw the photo after the game in the locker room where he was just covered in ice packs. He's not going to be able to play the whole game again. And Kevin Love is going to have to step up. And they're going to need another guy to step up, too, like a Jeff Green, Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, George Hill. One of these guys, or maybe even better, two of them, has to step up. Yeah, it's just like the whole team's got to be played better, and it's just going to be hard to see them do that within the next two days and then getting into the series. Um, but they have LeBron, and sometimes that's all you need. But it's just going to be too hard with the talent that the Warriors have. LeBron's not going to be able to play every single minute of all these games, or he's going to fall over and die because he's just exhausted. But we're going to move now to the next game, Warriors versus Rockets. Happened last night. Uh, that Warriors first, the, if you, that's a tale of two halves right there. If you would have played the first half versus the, in that game, the Warriors looked like a team that did not deserve to be there at all. They looked like the Rockets were the better team, and it looked like the Rockets were the team that's been to three straight finals. Because they just, the Warriors looked like crap. They were turnover after turnover, missed shot after missed shot. Uh, the Rockets were killing them inside with Clint Capella. James Harden was doing his thing. Eric Gore, everybody was playing really well for the Rockets. 
And at halftime, I was scared. I really wanted the Warriors to win this game because uh, I think they have a better chance to be in the Cavs than the Rockets do. But then they came out in their third quarter. I saw a couple tweets from a couple people who said the Warriors are the best third quarter team that we've seen in a long time, and they proved it. They just came out there in the third quarter, and like they did in the last game, game six, they just dominated. They showed us why they are the best team in the league, one of the best teams of all time. They hit three after three. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson was just amazing, just on fire. It was insane. And if the Warriors play like that, they fix the mistakes from the first half. They don't come out sloppy, uh, and they just really get back to what they are. I don't see the Cavs you know, winning a game like this with the Warriors playing that way. Yeah, the Warriors just too good. They're just too talented. Uh, Steve Kerr's an amazing coach, and he can kind of, you know, take all these big names and uh, make it a team. Um, so it's just going to be too hard for the Cavs, I think. You know, Kevin Durant, like I always say, difference maker. Um, he's undisputed the second best player behind LeBron in the world. Um, and he can take LeBron out and, you know, even that up, that even that mismatch up. And then you just look at the other matchups, the Warriors just um, dominate. You know, you're just going to have Steph Curry against a scrub. You're going to have Klay Thompson against a scrub. Um, Draymond Green, Kevin Love, that's always a good matchup. But Draymond Green, I think, with the health, um, wins that matchup too. Um, so it's just it, the Warriors are too good. And um, I don't think the series is going to be that good. Um, I think the people are just kind of giving, you know, ruling the Cavs out. I wouldn't do that, but I, I wouldn't say it's that great of a shot that they win. I think a big key is Andre Iguodala. He hasn't played the last couple of games. He is, I think, a big part of why the Warriors have beaten the Cavs two out of three times. He really plays very well versus LeBron. He's a difference maker coming off that bench. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of sick of hearing that the Warriors don't have a good bench because they do have a good bench. They have a solid bench. It's not the best, but they have good players coming off that bench with you know Jordan Bell, the rookie. Sean Livingston's been a solid pro. Uh, Nick Young, he can hit a couple threes. And this team isn't isn't like just the starting lineup. They have a good bench. They have a solid bench. And if they come out and play the way they did in the second half, I think this is, I don't want to say sweep against LeBron, but I could see it. Uh, but I think this goes five, maybe even six games, but I think the Warriors overcome the Cavs. Uh, it's just LeBron's a difference maker, so I could easily see this going seven if LeBron just goes off. No, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's going to be five or six, like you said. Um, they, you could see the sweep. I, I couldn't see. I just don't see an outcome where the Cavs win, but um, but I don't think you rule out LeBron to get swept. So I'm going to say, like, Warriors in, in five, I guess. Yeah, no Kyrie is going to hurt the Cavs. Like you said, scrub versus scrubs are going to be guarding Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. And Klay Thompson has just been unreal these last couple of games. I saw last night, he he just made some threes that you never would predict that would go in at all. And, you know, Steve Kerr, everyone kind of assumes Steve Kerr is not the best coach. It's just the talent that they have. But he, coming out of that second half, he drew up some great plays for the Warriors. You know, Cavs fans are going to say it was a moving screen. Jordan Bell, he would pass it under his legs to Curry, and Curry would just drain a three. Uh, didn't call it, but uh, that was a fantastic play that worked two or three times, and that's just a momentum change. When Steph Curry hits two or three threes right in a row, I don't think any team can stop that. 
and it just kills momentum for other teams. And, you know, the Warriors are a team where if they are down by 10, you still can't rule them out because they're just going to hit three threes right in your face and just bring it back, and then Draymond Green's going to slam it over you, and it's over. Uh, so that's it for basketball. I do want to sh- do shout-out to Carmelo Anthony. It's his birthday today. This is on Tuesday. Uh, best Olympic basketball player of all time. Most underrated basketball player in history of basketball. Uh, keep doing your thing. We're going to figure out where we're, do- where we're going this summer. Best player in the league right now, in my opinion, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, he's like 35, and he, he didn't do anything for Oklahoma City last year. Hey, we're going to get back in the lab. He's going to work out over the summer. He's going to be fine. He's just going to... Just kind of figure out his role there with Oklahoma City. Yeah, well, he's kind of a a reach when you have to talk about how he's the best Olympic basketball player of all time. He is the only best. What's he play against a bunch of Swedes and he throws up threes? Giannis. He doesn't play against Giannis. Why doesn't Giannis play Olympic basketball? He doesn't like Greece. He does. Well, he says he's a scrub. Stop. Just yeah. We're dominating him today. We're gonna move now to hockey. Uh, Stanley Cup first game was last night. Uh, the Knights overtook the Caps 5-4. It's now 1-0. Uh, this, like we said, I like both teams. Uh, if you're not a fan of hockey, last night was a great game to watch. It was really exciting. 5-4, like I said. 6-4. 6-4, yeah, because uh, Capitals got that empty net goal. I mean, the yeah. Knights got the empty net goal because uh, the Caps pulled their goalie in the last minute. But it was a very exciting game. Uh, goal after goal. You know, a lot of people, the kind of criticism of hockey is there's not enough goals, not enough offense. But last night was really fun to watch. This is going to be a very exciting series. I could see this going six or seven games. And, again, Knights win this. I think it's the best storyline in history of all sports. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about this because I don't really know much about hockey. But, again, it's just a great story. Um, I think the Knights just have too much firepower, it looks like. Um, so I think the Knights are going to end up winning this series in about five or six games, I think. Um, but, you know, the Caps, they are a cool story as well, you know, with Alex Ovechkin. And, you know, you know you want you want to pull for them. But I think the Knights are just too good, and that's weird. You wouldn't have thought that at the beginning of the season. Uh, but it's just, it looks like um, the Knights are just going to take the storyline all the way. Yeah, so I think this is going to be a very great series to watch. Again, if you're not a hockey fan, I recommend tuning in because last night was really exciting. I don't watch much hockey. I turned it on in between the Warriors and uh, Rockets game, and it was just every time I turned on, the score was changing or there was a goal being scored. So I recommend watching that. So moving now to football, but before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircut at D's for the last couple months, and we've never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts get better every single time because D's is always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut possible. Uh, you're going to go in there. You're going to sit in his professional barber's chair. Uh, you're going to have great conversation, listen to music, play Fortnite while you're sitting in your chair, or Madden. Truman's not a big Fortnite guy, so he was playing Madden the other day. Uh, you can find D's Home Cuts on Twitter at Dom's Home Cuts. DM him for an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So we're moving now to football. Uh, a story that came out was Cassius Marsh. He had a quote. If you don't know, he played for the Patriots the last couple of years. Uh, he's on the 49ers now, I believe. Uh, he came from the Seahawks. He went to the Patriots. And he's been a solid player, uh, kind of a role player, pass rusher type of guy uh, that the Patriots love. 
Uh, he said he he quoted yesterday that when, when his time with the Patriots was not fun at all. He said that was his worst years playing football ever in terms of how he enjoyed it. He said he wanted to retire. He came close to retirement just because he hated it so much. And I think this proves again. You know, you had uh, Lane Johnson talked about it the other day about how you know the Patriots just isn't. It's not fun to play there. But I guess it's a team where. If you want to win, you're going to have to give up, you know, fun. But I don't know. I think the times are changing a little bit. You saw with the Eagles in the Super Bowl, they had a blast. And New England is proven time and time again it's not for everybody. Not everybody that goes there is going to win or become this amazing pro. I just don't think it's for everybody. And Cassius Marsh proves that. You know, if you want to win, though, you're going to have to give up certain privileges. But I think times are changing. Uh, the Eagles prove that, you know, I don't think the Patriots dynasty is going to last much longer and you can see the cracks in the off season. And even with this, yeah, you stuttered on your words because you said that you don't, if you go there, if you go there, you don't always win, but you do always win. Um, you know, if you're a certain player, um, if you focus on winning, the Patriots are where you want to go. Um, now if that's, you know, I know that's everyone's priority is to win, uh, usually, but you know you have your players that just might be in for money. Um, but usually every player's priority is to win. But at the same time, do you really just want to you want to enjoy winning or do you just want to win? Um, and that's kind of the issue that people have. Like he went now he's with the team we think he's with the 49ers. Um, that's a team that looks like, on that. that looks like they're up and coming. Um, and they look like they have fun doing it. They're not as stubborn on everything. So maybe that's a team that you look at that's a little bit more fun to play with because you do win and you, you're you not in a system where you can't really have that much fun. But then you look at players like Rob Gronkowski who plays there. He looks like he's having the time of his life. Um, he's out partying um, and he's having no problems. One of the best tight ends of all time. Um, and he wins Super Bowls. Um, and same with Tom Brady. It doesn't look like he's you know that you know, off and not, not having that much fun. You know, he's, he's doing uh, commercials and stuff like that. He's got an amazing family. Um, but maybe players like Cassis Marsh or whatever, you know, role players that don't see the field that much, um, maybe they're just not – maybe they just don't get as much publicity as they'd like because they're surrounded by so many star players. Um, so I don't know. I just think that, you know, I agree with you that the Patriots dynasty could be coming to an end soon. Um, but it's still the Patriots, and if you want to win right now, that's still probably the place you go, kind of like the Warriors in the NBA. I think you've seen this over his, over the history of the NFL. You know, I'm sure Vince Lombardi's you know training camps weren't fun at all. I'm sure they were hell, and but they won. You know, if it, I think times are changing though. We saw with the Eagles last year; they had a blast. And I think teams that have fun together kind of stick together more. You know, it, it kind of shows on the field. Uh, I think the Patriots' way, in quotes, is kind of cracking. Uh, it's not working that much anymore. You've seen holes over the past couple of years. I think the biggest hole was Malcolm Butler last year in the Super Bowl. You know, Bill Belichick's ego, I guess, kind of got in the way of potentially another Super Bowl win by taking Malcolm Butler out for whatever he did. But it's going to be something to watch for. Do the Patriots have another couple of years left in them? Does this Patriot way last? Uh, after Tom Brady or even Bill Belichick, I don't think it will. And I think you're going to see more teams who like to enjoy fun, like music in the locker room, like the Eagles. I think you're going to see those guys start to win more because it's certainly more fun to win in the NFL when, you know, 
I guess you're having fun along the way. I don't know. I just think I just look at Rob Gronkowski because he's having fun. As he looks like he's having mo- the most fun in the NFL out of any player. He plays for the Patriots. Um, so maybe I don't know. Maybe some of these players that say this are just stubborn and they just want more publicity, but they shouldn't get more publicity because they're just not that good. Um, but you know, I I don't know. Um, but I I do agree that the Patriots' reign could be coming to an end. But right now you're still looking at the Patriots as, you know, the class of the NFL. So we're going to move now to 32 teams and 32 shows, the segment that we've been doing the last couple weeks. Sticking in the AFC AFC East, we're going to go with the Jets. 5-11 last year, which was kind of an overachieving record, if you can believe it. They weren't expected to do much with Josh McCown, uh, which is surprising because I like Josh McCown. He's a good quarterback, I think, Uh, solid pro. But they kind of overachieved last year, especially in the first couple of games. Uh, they did find a lot of talent. They do have a lot of talent on this roster. Uh, but over the offseason, they lost Austin Safarian Jenkins, Muhammad Wilkerson, Demario Davis, two key defensive players for them, and a solid tight end who kind of broke out last year, I guess. You could say that. But they did add some talent. They added Tremaine Johnson, uh, another solid cornerback that's going to help them. They also added some offensive weapons with Terrell Pryor, Isaiah Crowell, and they signed Teddy Bridgewater, which was kind of a weird signing because you saw what they did in the draft. They drafted Sam Darnold uh, second overall, which is kind of weird. You know, why would you bring a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who wants to start? Why would Teddy Bridgewater go there if knowing that Josh McCown's probably going to be the starter to start the season? And you know why? And then you saw the everybody knew they they wanted to draft a quarterback. and they got Sam Darnold, who I think was the guy they wanted all along. So Teddy Bridgewater's situation is going to get a little complicated. I guess they want to trade him. It's coming out that they want to trade him for something. I don't know where he goes. I don't think he gets an opportunity to start this year. Uh, but I think he does deserve it. I don't know. I've always thought that Teddy Bridgewater didn't deserve all the hype that he got when he had that very, very mediocre season. Um, you know, now he's coming off of an injury that's was really bad you know his knee was completely torn to shreds um but i don't know you know maybe he does deserve he does deserve an opportunity somewhere to compete um and new york doesn't look like that place because you know they're sam donald's the franchise quarterback and josh mccown's the bridge guy they have it all set up and teddy bridgewater just doesn't fit there um but i'm, I'm not a teddy bridgewater fan i don't think he's that good so i'm not gonna like talk him up i think he's a solid pro solid quarterback I think he does deserve another chance to start. I don't know where that's going to be because, you know, getting close to training camp, everybody kind of has their quarterback situation, you know, figured out as of right now. Look look for him to be a guy who gets traded midseason or maybe even in the preseason, you know, if a quarterback goes down, something like that. I could see him being traded to a team that is in the need of a quarterback. But this team is not lost of talent. They do have talent. Like I said, I think Josh McCown's a very good quarterback. I think he's been kind of underrated his whole career. Uh, he's never really fit in a system for a long term, which is kind of that's suffered. His talent has suffered because of that. But they do have some talent on the offense. They have Bilal Paul. I don't know his first name. Powell. Uh, he's the running back there last year. They got Isaiah Crowell. So that's kind of a two-headed monster right there at running back. Uh, they have a very good wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, very young, very talented wide receiver. Kind of has some off-the-field issues, so if he can kind of curtail that a little bit, uh, I think he could be a very good wide receiver. Uh, you know, He broke out last year with just Josh McCown throwing the ball, even though Josh McCown's a good quarterback. I think Robbie Anderson 
is a solid wide receiver. And then defensively, their defense is their strength. Uh, they have Leonard Williams, Darren Lee, and Jamal Adams, three very good, talented players, uh, young players that they drafted, uh, homegrown talent. I uh, like Darren Lee, obviously Ohio State fan. He's a solid middle linebacker. He's going to get you the tackle. He's going to lead that defense. And Jamal Adams is just a playmaker uh, all around. He had a very good year last year. And then in the draft, they didn't have a very good draft uh, as in terms of how many players they got. The only two notable guys, obviously, is Sam Darnold. Uh, I think he's going to be the future there. Hopefully, he doesn't start this year, but I could see it. I think he is the most uh, starter ready out of this class of quarterbacks in this draft. And then they added Nathan Shepard, who's a defensive uh, lineman from, I forget what college he's from, but he was our sleeper, my sleeper, and uh, earlier in the season before the draft. He's somebody to watch for. But I don't think this team has done enough yet to really move past that 5-11 and record. I think they kind of underachieve again this year. I think they go 4-12. and uh, This team's just not ready to compete, especially in that division with the Patriots. So I think they go 4-12. and um, I think they're going to be five and eleven again. Um, the Jets have always been, you know, they've always been pretty bad um, in my lifetime, um, but they've always been a pesky team, a team that you can't sleep on. They've always had a pretty good defense. Um, I love their coach Todd Bo- Todd Boyles, Boyles, whatever Bowles. Bowles. Um, so I think he can get them up there. Um, I don't think we're going to see Sam Darnold at all this year. So, but you know, Josh McCown is injury prone, so I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, maybe maybe Ted Bridgewater does stay and kind of wait for that because he's bound to have an injury. Um, but I think five and eleven, the Jets are just pesky enough to pull out four or five wins. Um, but they don't have the talent to go much past that. Um, but I I like the Jets. Um, you know, they're in the future. I think they're going to be a very good team because I think Sam Darnold will be a pretty good quarterback for them. Yeah. So obviously the Jets are going to be a team that everybody watches because we want to see Sam Darnold play. Uh, very good talent out of USC. I think I think he could get a chance this year, especially with the Jets, you know, when they get knocked out of the playoffs later in the year. I think he could get a week 16, maybe even week 17, two weeks in a row start, which would be cool to see. So, moving now to baseball. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, which is kind of the checkpoint of where you can kind of see where your teams are standing. Uh Memorial Day is usually that line where everybody kind of decides, okay, who's good, who's not good. And uh, so we're going to – but some of the stories that came out of this weekend uh, dealing with three of the best pitchers in the league. Verlander, Justin Verlander yesterday had a start versus the Yankees. He was as dominant as I've ever seen him. Eight shutout innings, 14 strikeouts. He really showed us, you know – why everybody still views him as a top pitcher in the league. I know I kind of sleep on him a little bit. You know, with his time in Detroit, he kind of fell off there towards the end. But he's really kind of fixed his career, put his career back on the right path in Houston. Uh, Maybe it's something to do with the spin rate. I don't know, Trevor Bauer. Uh, But it was pretty cool to see the Yankees, were Yankee fans obviously, were booing him after when he was done, and he tipped his cap to them. Uh, just an utterly dominant start for Verlander, and it just shows us that he is one of the top pitchers left in this league. Yeah, I love Justin Verlander. Um, like I said, like you said, he he completely rejuvenated his career in Houston. Spin rate, um, um, and they're just they're one of the best. They're obviously the best team in the league after they won the World Series. Um, a lot of people continue to see them and pick them to be in the World Series this year. 
Um, and I honestly think a lot of that has to do with Verlander. Um, they made the right move. Um, what a lot of teams dream of doing is going at the um, deadline and you know getting a team, getting a player that your team may need, um, like the Astros did last year with Verlander. Um, and he absolutely carried them. You know, he was a huge part, if not the the biggest part, to their World Series win last year. Um, and I think you're going to see that this year with um, with them trying to repeat is Justin Verlander being that guy. Sticking with the pitchers, Madison Bumgarner, guy's been dealing with injuries the last couple years. Uh, he is going to pitch next Tuesday. I guess that's the that's the what's going to happen right now unless something changes. Uh, he's going to get another rehab start in on Thursday. I guess they wanted him to do three or four rehab starts, but Saturday night, I don't know if you guys saw this, he pitched 3.2 innings in obviously a minor league game, which isn't exciting. But 3.2 innings, and he had eight strikeouts. 3.2 no-hit innings with eight strikeouts. He's ready to go, I think. They obviously believe that because they're only going to give him one more rehab start before he gets back in the big leagues on Tuesday. This is exciting for baseball fans and Giants fans. they got to be ecstatic. Baumgartner, I think, is a guy everyone's kind of forgotten about. Uh, which is crazy because I think when he is healthy and on it, I think he's bet right up there with that Kershaw, Scherzer conversation, Corey Kluber, right up there in the class of the pitchers. Uh, and it's going to be exciting to watch him on Tuesday. I got him a little biased because I do have him in my fantasy league, so I'm so excited to have him back on Tuesday. And it's just going to be very exciting to watch. Yeah, Matt Stormer is my favorite pitcher in the game. Um, you know, it's funny, he can also do it with a bat. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I don't think he's going to take a step back at all. He's got grit. He's tough. Um, so I think he's going to be, again, one of the best pitchers in the league. And I think when healthy in his prime years, if he can get those back, he's the best pitcher in the game. And then we got Kershaw. Uh, he's been injured. Not had a great season, but he will be back on Thursday, which is huge for the Dodgers. Uh, they've been a team who's underperformed this entire year. Hopefully they can get this team back on track, and Kershaw is obviously a big piece to that. You know, we don't know how much this injury was hurting him earlier in the season. This could have been something that's been nagging him the whole year, and you know now he's got time to rest it and really heal whatever was going on. I think it was his back. This is going to be huge for the Dodgers if he comes back and does even half of what we're used to seeing Kershaw do. The Dodgers need him. And he's a guy who obviously is a game changer. Clayton Kershaw coming back Thursday is going to be huge for the Dodgers. Yeah, I think the Dodgers might be too far gone, um, but Kershaw, you know, right now could be considered the best player in the game, best player in the game, um, you know, most dominant player in the game. So that obviously will help them. But you know, the Dodgers are just not performing at the where they should be. And hopefully Kershaw fixes, kind of rights the ship there, because the Dodgers do not have. You know, no talent. They got a lot of talent. A couple injuries this year, though, have hurt them. So I, I think we've kind of taken them out of the World Series contention. But this could be a team I could see getting hot, uh, especially after Memorial Day when they get Kershaw back. This could be a team that gets hot and really makes a run at this thing. But I just don't think right now that if Kershaw doesn't do what we're used to seeing, I think this team stays where they're at, mediocre. So we're going to move now to... A little bit different of a segment, but before that, we wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional landscaping, A's constantly strives to provide families with landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? 
True. Yep. To return to Ace, and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. It was 90 degrees out the other day. It's supposed to be a hot one again today. You know, don't spend your time out there uh, doing mulch, weed whacking. Turn to A's, and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, you grow it, we cut it. So usually what our show is, is just we're going to run, we run down the headlines, give our opinions about it. But we're going to go into a little bit different of a segment since we don't have an interview today. We have a little bit more time on our hands uh, to talk about our teams. We're going to call this the bias segment. Uh, we're going to give Truman's going to get five minutes. I'll get five minutes to just talk about our teams, basketball, baseball, football, college football, whatever, uh, and just really give your opinion about where your teams are right now. I'll let Truman start. He's got five minutes. Go. Um, well, I mean, so we'll start with Packers, I guess. Uh, not much is going on. Um, you know, they're getting out of OTAs. Uh, they look good all around, though. I think this is the this is one of the year. Um, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers coming back healthy. Um, he's motivated. He's pissed off. Um, that's scary for NFL teams and opposing teams around the league. Um, you've got Jimmy Graham, who people say, you know, is one of the most underrated signings, I think. Um, you know, we gave him... A big contract, but I think he's worth it. Um, he wasn't used correctly in Seattle, and I think, you know, Green Bay, you know, they got Joe Philbin back. They got the offense back from their dominant years um, where they were able to use Jermichael Finley, um, and he was one of the dominant tight ends in the league. So I think they're going to use Jimmy Graham right and hopefully get him back to where he was in his Saints years. Um, you know, you got Devontae Adams, who I think is a top five receiver in the league. Um, you know, he's consistent. He's scored the most touchdowns out of anybody in the league the past couple of years. Um, you know, he's just – he's clear cut the number one target in Green Bay um, you know to see Aaron Rodgers with him at his best um, is going to be scary um, Randall Cobb I think is still underrated um, one of the better slot receivers in the game I think um, so that's going to be good um, and then you got a good young um, competition for the you know the three and four spots and possibly the five spot in Green Bay um, for receivers and defensively you know you get Mike Patton um, your defense is going to be new um, looks better I think Clay Matthews is still a good player um, you know, you just get some injury. You know, Muhammad Wilkerson was a huge add. Um, you know, they rejuvenated the corner position um, to where I think that secondary is going to be better. Um, you know, if they can just get a pass rush off the edge um, and those rookies can perform at a good level um, in Mike Pettin's system, the, the defense is going to be much improved, which is very scary, again, for teams around the league. Um, so I think the Packers are ready to make, you know, a playoff run and possibly a Super Bowl run that um, I've been coveting for years. Um, as far as baseball goes, the Brewers... They're um, one of the best teams in the league right now. They're 35 and 20. Um, you know their rotation is playing really good. Junior Guerrero's, you know, he's got an ERA in the twos. Um, Chase Anderson, um, who was our ace coming into the season, is performing well. He started kind of slow, but now he's back. Um, you know the bullpen is literally um, dominant. Um, you know when teams get that six, seven inning, Josh Hatter, um, you know Je- Jeremy Jeffress, you know he can't be stopped. Um, and then you get the closer, Corey Knable, um, in the ninth inning, uh, you can't get a hit off them. Um, so the bullpen, which we've had issues with for so many years, um, it's finally coming back and, you know, now it's one of the more dominant bullpens in the game right now. As I mentioned, we're 35-20. and 20. Um, We just beat the Cardinals last night, 8-3. to three. Um, This series was huge. 
Um, you know, this, the Cardinals are a team that was supposed to be kind of with us towards the end, um, and, you know, any wins over them is a good win. Um, you know, the additions in the offseason, Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain. Um, Christian Yelich, I think, is batting 310. Um, Lorenzo Cain's batting 290, I believe. So they're just hitting the lights out of the ball. Um, you know, those are kind of the big jumps for us. You know, we needed those two consistent, consistent, consistent hitters in the lineup. Um, you know, and Yelich is one of the better players, young players in the game. And, you know, I think he's kind of turning as, you know, our cornerstone. Um, so that's really awesome to see him hitting the lights out of the ball. You know, Travis Shaw, he has 13 home runs since he's came here uh, last year. Um, you know, he's been kind of, you know, kind of rejuvenating his career in a way because he's hitting the lights out of the ball. You know, he's not a consistent, um, you know, 280 batter. You know, he's batting 260, but he's, as I said, he's hit 13 home runs. Um, and then Eric Thames, he's going to come back from injury. Um, he was hitting home run after home run after home run um, up there with the leaders in the league. Um, so he's going to come back from injury, and we're going to see how that happens. Um, you know, and then Ryan Braun, um, he's getting older. I know people don't like him, but, you know, he's still a consistent, pretty good hitter. He'll bat 275, um, which the Brewers need. And then Domingo Santana, um, young player, um, uh, who's going to be, a, you know, next to Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich in the outfield for a while. Um, you know, there, then there's positions that we have questions at and catcher and shortstop, but, you know, it just seems like we're covering those up pretty well right now. Um, and we're just winning baseball games and, you know, I can just, I, I hope we stay like this, but the Brewers have had issues with consistency down the line in the past. Um, but you know, 35 and 20, uh, most wins in 50 games in Brewers history. Um, it's a very good start. Um, and we're, we're going to be making a run towards the playoffs and, um, hopefully a world series here soon. Um, and far as the NBA, um, the Bucks, again, not much to say, you know, eliminated from the playoffs about a month ago. Um, you know, I don't know why you're laughing. Um, Giannis, uh, you know, he's, it's, he's a top five, top 10 player in the game. Um, you know, he's the cornerstone of the franchise. He's turned the Bucks around, um, from being kind of the laughing sock of the league. Um, you know, they've got a top tier coach who is very coveted by many, many teams around the league. Um, now you know, in, in in a sense that that's what killed us last season is Joe Prunty and Jason Kidd just did not, could not get the job done for us. Uh, but now we have a mastermind. Um, you know, Chris Middleton, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the game. You know, he's averaged consistent 20 points last season. Um, you know, if Eric Bledsoe, we'll see what we do with him. But, you know, he's he's a great player. Um, I think he just didn't fit in the Bucks system last year. Um, but obviously we have a whole new system under um, Budenholzer. So, that's going to be big. You know, he's a star when he's um, when he's up and in, in the right system. Uh, so I think outside of that, you know, Thon Maker, he's an upcoming player. I think the Bucks are really exciting. You know, they've got a new arena next year. Um, so, you know, it's an, an exciting season. I think this is the year next year we take the step towards possibly 50 wins and a top five seed in the East. Um, so we'll see. Um, there you go, five minutes. Okay. Five minutes is up. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of those those shitty teams, but we'll stay in Green Bay. Uh, probably, I think the best offseason they've had in a long time, bringing in a lot of talent. Ted Thompson era is gone. Brian Gutenkeist era is in. Uh, he made the moves that Ted Thompson was kind of afraid to make. Jamarian Jimmy Graham is going to be huge. Uh, I think Muhammad Wilkerson's kind of an underrated signing. Uh, he's a guy who with Mike Pettin was one of the most, if not the most dominant defensive lineman in the NFL. And I think he's going to rejuvenate his career in Green Bay. Uh, then you just look up and down. You know, we have Aaron Rodgers. The wide receiver core is what it is. We have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, like Truman said, I believe he is top five in Devontae Adams. 
Uh, I don't think, though, wide receiver court is that big of a deal when you have Aaron Rodgers. He makes wide receivers better. Uh, Jerome Allison was an undrafted guy. He came in and was a solid wide receiver for us. I don't think he'll be there next year, though, because I think we've upgraded this wide receiver core in the draft so much. Added three tall, good guys, especially Aquarius St. Brown, who is somebody we added in the later rounds. Nobody understood why he fell to the sixth round. Uh, but then in the draft, I think we had one of the best drafts out of anybody, adding three, two really, really, really good corners in Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. Pair them alongside Kevin King, who is still kind of a rookie, only played a handful of games last year, uh, and he was dealing with a shoulder problem. But I think one of the most underrated draft picks was Oren Burks, uh, linebacker safety hybrid out of Vanderbilt, somebody that could come in, pair him alongside big Blake Martinez, and can cover tight ends because he was a safety. That's something we really need help with, uh, covering that middle of the field. Uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to stick his nose in there too, get the tackles we need. That's it for Green Bay, though, because I'm going to move now to the Cleveland Indians. We started we started mediocre. We're a pretty mediocre team right now. Our bullpen is horrendous, but we've won three straight. You know, so I don't want I don't want to say that we are heating up, but we are. We are one of the hottest teams in the MLB right now. I Sunday Sunday's game was everyone's calling it the best game so far out of any team in the MLB. We were down eight to three in the ninth, bottom of the ninth, after Trevor Bauer came in and pitched. A gem of a game. Another one. Uh, Cy Young contender right now, Trevor Bauer. Uh, but then the bullpen gave it up. Uh, and I was pissed. I was sitting there watching it on my couch. 8-3, bottom of the ninth. But then we started to hit. hit. This offense, I think, is one of the sneakiest, best offenses in the league. Michael Brantley is being is putting up MVP caliber numbers right now. Somebody who the Indians desperately need to stay healthy, and he has. He's played in every single game this year. Lindor and Ramirez are doing their things. Alonzo and Carnacion are hitting home runs. And this team came back down 8-3, tied it up at 8, and then, you know, they went back down to 9-8 to uh, in the 13th inning, I believe. But we didn't quit. Again, Alonzo came in, hit a home run, tied it back up at 8, tied it back up at 9, and then the rookie, Greg Allen, somebody who's not used to, to being in those big moments, came up, hit a walk-off home run. He's finally a guy who is hitting. Uh, he's getting the confidence that he needs to succeed and hit in the MLB. He's somebody who is sneaky good. Uh, this offense, this outfield even, is full of a lot of good young talent with Greg Allen and Bradley Zimmer, Tyler Naquin, and then you add Michael Brantley there. This rotation is insane. One of the best rotations, if not the best rotations in the league this year. Uh, Adam Plutko has played a lot of good baseball for us, has had a lot of quality starts. Yesterday he had a pretty good start for us. The bullpen is bad. I'm not going to, you know, cover that up. Andrew Miller's still hurt. He's, he'll be back soon, though. Hopefully his injuries will help him return back to what he was before. Um, but... Right now, with this offense, we're covering up this bullpen. We don't really need a solid bullpen if we can score 10 to 12 runs a game. And we did that yesterday, we did that Sunday, we did that Saturday. And top it all off, Thursday, Shane Bieber, prospect, top prospect for the Indians this year, started the year at Akron. Akron, Truman, that's double A. And is now going to make a spot start for us on Thursday because he has been just dominant 
in the minor leagues, one of the best minor league pitchers this entire year. And if you just add him into that rotation, you better watch out. And top it all off, we got Ryan Merritt. He's coming back soon. He's going to add to that bullpen, help us out. Danny Salazar will be back soon, and Cody Anderson. This bullpen is going to be fixed up in no time. And we're not, I'm not going to talk about basketball because, you know, we're, we're still you don't have trying to figure that out here. The Oklahoma City Thunder, I don't know what they're going to be doing in the offseason here. But we're going to go to Ohio State. Ohio State's football is going to win the national championship this year. There's no doubt in my mind. We have a better quarterback. I think if we would have had a decent quarterback last year. Uh, JT Barrett could actually make some solid throws, but he couldn't. I think we would have won the national championship game. I believe we were snubbed out of that uh, top four. We're going to come back this year. We're going to be hungry. Dwayne Haskins and J.K. Dobbins, the best one-two punch, I think, in all of college football right now. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is the best, the best running back in the Big Ten, maybe even the country. This team is something you're going to want to watch out for. Uh, and obviously basketball, Holtman's got this team going, and we're going to be dominant for years to come. So that's it for bias segment. We're going to do that more often now uh, when we don't have guests. But uh, obviously the show is an outlier because we don't have a guest. We usually do. But we're going to move now to question and answer. Uh, we got a pretty big question. We didn't really talk about Johnny Manziel getting signed in the CFL, but he is – uh, going to be playing Friday for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So we got a question. Do we think Johnny Menzel will ever reach an NFL field again? I'll let Truman start it off. Um, I think he will because um, I think Johnny Menzel is really good. Uh, I think he didn't get a chance in Cleveland. Um, and I don't think he get a fair chance in Cleveland. I think he cleaned himself up. Um, and I honestly thought he was pretty decent in Cleveland. I didn't think he was that much of a disaster as everyone said. Um, but, you know, he cleaned himself up. Now he's in the CFL. Um, I think if he performs well, which I think he will because I think he's a very good player, um, I think he's going to have uh, no trouble finding you know, at least an opportunity to come to a training camp um, and show his stuff. So, yes, I, I do think Johnny Manziel will reach the NFL again. Yeah, so he has had an up-and-down career. I, like I said, I don't think he did that bad in Cleveland like everybody says. Obviously, the off-the-field issues were terrible, and we don't agree with any of that behavior, but... I just don't think he got the kind of support that he needed from Cleveland. Uh, Mike Pettin, a young coach, not used to dealing with quarterbacks, especially big personalities like Johnny Menzel. And then you had, I think, Jimmy Haslam single-handedly destroyed his career up to this point by pushing him in there too early. They put too much pressure on this guy's shoulders too early, and he broke. His mental health wasn't the best. They didn't get that under control. But I think he's in a good spot right now. Obviously, he doesn't really want to be in the CFL. Uh, he, this is not where we expected him to be or where he expected to be. But this is a good, solid start, good opportunity for him to turn his career around, put some good film out there, show everybody you know, he is uh, still a, a good quarterback, and I think he will get another opportunity if he sticks with the CFL. So then we got another question to answer. Who are our QB sleepers for the upcoming NFL season? We'll go starters, uh, 32 teams. Uh, obviously, one quarterback for each team. Who do we think is going to break out uh, in this upcoming season? I don't know. I think uh, Joe Flacco, possibly. Um, you know, if he can stay healthy, um, which he's had issues with in the past couple of years, um, I don't know how his offseason's been. I don't know how his treatment's been. But maybe he hasn't lost some of that magic from his 2011-2012 season. Um, and maybe he can be you know, an elite quarterback, like people said, if he can stay healthy. Um, so I, I think Joe Flacco's... Um, 
one people sleep on and they just say that you know Lamar Jackson's coming and you know Joe Flacco's done but he hasn't really showed anything other than bad health um, of him being you know falling apart um, another one that I would maybe look at is Case Keenum um, you know starter for the Denver Broncos people think that he just had a one-hit wonder in Minnesota but I think he's going to a team that has um, better offensive weapons on the outside than Minnesota had. Yeah, I know Minnesota had Thielen and they know they had Diggs, but you know I really loved Mary Thomas. I really love Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I know they have issues in the running back uh, core, but I think Case Keenum can play um, up to where he played last season for Minnesota. So that's another one I think he's going to be a sleeper. For me, I have one name and it's Ryan Tannehill. I love Ryan Tannehill. I think he's this year's Blake Bortles. Uh, Blake Bortles kind of was a guy. Nobody really thought was a good quarterback. Everyone thought he was just kind of a scrub. Uh, but he kind of turned his narrative around last year, taking his team to the AFC Championship game. Uh, and then he got a big contract. I think Ryan Tannehill... He got a big contract. He got an extension. Yeah, of like one year. Three I, years. Why would you say... Like, I don't understand why you would say Ryan Tannehill is this year's Blake Bortles. So he's going to be a very mediocre quarterback Blake who Bortles has an amazing Blake defense. Blake Bortles went to the AFC, def- AFC Championship game. His defense went to the AFC no, Championship game. No, I don't disrespect Blake Bortles. But Ryan Tannehill, I think, is a guy who has shown over his career to be a solid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he hasn't really gotten a shot with Adam Gase yet. Uh, I think Gase is a very good head coach. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins, kind of a mediocre team. They didn't add a lot of talent around him. But he does have some pretty decent wide receivers with Danny Amendola, who's been a good quarterback, uh, been a good wide receiver in his career. I like Albert Wilson with the Chiefs. He was with the Chiefs last year, and then Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker are two good wide receivers there in Miami. Ryan Tannehill is a guy who everybody kind of sleeps on. Everybody kind of assumes, you know, he's just a decent, not really going to take his team to higher levels. But I think he will. I think with this injury, the last this year. Uh, he kind of stepped away from football a little bit. I think he's going to get his mind back into the game. He's going to show us why he was a first-round draft pick, and I believe Ryan Taylor is going to take that next step and move the Dolphins into uh, maybe a wild-card contender. That's you, a, why? That's so stupid. Why? All right, if you want to put money on the Dolphins being a wild-card contender, I'll gladly take I that. I think Ryan Taylor is a very good quarterback. Okay. But we'll see what happens. Obviously, like I said, I'm in the minority here. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. You're also in the minority of Houston losing to the Timberwolves in the first round and the Celtics well, beating you said, the Cavs. You said that the Cavs were going to sweep the Celtics. I never said the yes, Cavs were going to sweep the Celtics. Well, we'll check the tape. We're going to move now to our last question, which is uh, the MLB All-Star Game is coming up. This wasn't really a question. I kind of created this because we're going to do this next couple of shows. Is, uh Go position by position for the All-Star Games. Give our predictions. We'll start with catcher. Uh, catcher is kind of one of these positions where it's not the sexiest position in uh, baseball because usually catchers aren't the best hitters. Uh, catchers mostly are you know, defensive uh, people. That's why they move up. And if they can hit, it's kind of a plus. But there is a lot of good catchers who can hit in this league. And we'll start with the NL. I think Buster Posey is a guy who is obviously the best catcher in the league. He's batting 296 this year, has the, one of the best bats for a catcher. He's been a consistent hitter over his career. I think he easily makes this all-star team. Uh, that's no question at all. Then in the end, we'll stick in the end, I think JT Rilamuto, the catcher for uh, the Marlins. Probably the best player, one of the best players they have left, maybe aside Justin Bohr. 
But uh, he's been a guy who is he's been on my fantasy team the last couple of years just because he can hit the ball really well. He's a consistent hitter. I didn't have time to check his batting average, but I know he's a consistent hitter. That's why he's still on my fantasy team. And that's why I'm in playoff contention every single year, unlike Truman. Uh, then we'll move to the AL. Wilson Ramos is a guy who's kind of been a surprise. Uh, he's for the he's plays for the Rays, catcher for the Rays. He's batting 310 this year, highest batting average among catchers. Uh, I mean, that's all you got to say right there. If a catcher can hit in the 300s, he is a star. Uh, you know, catchers that hit over 270 are good catchers, and that's why I'm going to go to Salvador Perez for my backup in the AL. He's a guy who's been the leader for the Royals the last couple of years, led them to the World Series. Uh, he's kind of the glue that holds that locker room together. And he's just a consistent hitter, batting 240, 250 all the time. But his defense is great, and he's the leader in that clubhouse. And that's why I put him there. But I can see Gary Sanchez sneaking up there in the next couple of weeks here. He's hit the home runs, but his batting average is not great. Catcher, like I said, batting averages aren't great. But he's not a good defensive catcher. Uh he always drops balls, always lets balls go by him, but we'll see what happens there. But that's it for us. We'll go next week. We'll do first base, maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Our next show. Uh, but that's it. That's it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We ask that you go on to iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk or Instagram. DMFs questions. Uh, we'll ask, we'll answer anything sports related or not. We'll answer it. Uh, you can listen to us on 12 ounce tomorrow from 12 to one. You can find us on the grueling truth and you can find us on our new SoundCloud. That link is on Twitter. Uh, today was a little bit different of a show today. No guests, but we will have a guest on Thursday. Uh, not sure who's going to be, uh, Truman's most likely going to be hosting again. I'm going back down to Columbus to work. Uh, Dom maybe from D's home cuts, uh, he's been a re- reoccurring guest. We'll see if we can get him back on. But we want to thank you for you guys to listening today. Have a great day and tune in on Thursday. Happy birthday, Carmelo. Stay mellow. Thank you. Go Packers.